All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Brain Basement. Today, we're going to hear a personal account of how we find our purpose as a trailing spouse, as an EFM, as someone who is moving around with the Foreign Service life. And so we're going to talk to Annalie about how she sorted out what her purpose was, which probably looks different than someone who lives in one house their whole life, maybe. And to start out, we get to take a deep breath with Anna Lee. Hello. So I was sitting here thinking, what has my breath looked like this morning? And I realized that I really haven't taken a deep breath yet today. So this is just a chance for all of us together to do that. So no matter what you're doing, if you're sitting or walking or driving, you have this invitation to just soften a little bit into your body. And one thing that can help us all do that is just by lengthening our breath. So maybe think for a moment, reflect back on the day um, and think about what your breath has looked like or felt like. Have, have there been short breaths or have you had a moment to take a deeper and longer breath? And whatever your breath has looked like today, just take a moment to add some length to your inhale. And I always like to pause a little bit at the top of the inhale. And then lengthen the exhale and try to release all the air out. And just at your own pace, whatever feels natural and what is nourishing to you right now. Go ahead and continue that pattern. Have a little bit longer inhale and exhale. And just realize to yourself that our breath is such a great resource. It's uh, very readily available to us at any moment of the day to kind of bring us back into the present moment. And also, it's a great resource in relaxing our bodies and our nervous systems and reminding ourselves that we can use our breath to release stress. So we'll come back to the episode and our interview and just keep that in mind as you go throughout your day. Always, the breath is always there for you, no matter what you're doing or where you are. Thanks, Annalie. You're welcome. All right. So we were talking about, um, Annalie and I were talking about the courses that we're participating in right now and our like you know, 
everyone dives in differently to the books that they enjoy or um, finding their own passions, whether it's cooking or participating in your children's school or you're an accountant or, you know, whatever kind of work you're doing, how do you find and um, balance that passion and kind of, you know, your own focus and attention when you live in the foreign service life, constantly moving and having to also recreate your home and recreate your routines and almost sometimes we reinvent ourselves. So how can you find and follow your passion? So tell me what, tell me about the course you're doing now and like, how did you find that out and decide you wanted to do that? Yeah, so right now I am taking a mindfulness teacher training course. And at the end, it looks like being a certified or mindfulness teacher. Um, and it's a nine month program. So we're in month two and I'm really enjoying it. I think, you know, five years ago, I, I don't know if I would have imagined myself at this place. I have a background in, you know, health and wellness and that's what I studied, but it was more around fitness and diet, mm -hmm. but now I'm totally into all the mental and emotional health realms. So, and I think it was my life in Azerbaijan that switched me onto that different course. And, you know, I've always believed that I've always taken a holistic approach to wellness. So it's not like I ever was disregarding mental and emotional health. It was just, I just didn't know a ton about it or just, I thought my interest was more in diet and fitness. And while I still love all that, um, I think my experiences in Azerbaijan just, just kind of flipped the switch. And now I'm really passionate about this other type of wellness. Awesome. All right. What about a nine month course sounds so fun to me. So I'm someone who like loves learning. I always want to be signing up for every class. I want to um, just integrate new practices into my life. I want to find out more about things, but how do you decide? Like, I'm really intimidated. And especially now I feel like I have more time. <laughs> Now that I have a 20 year old, <laughs> but it really has taken like 20 years to feel like, oh, a nine month course, like I could consider making that commitment. Do you ever, how do you find the time? Does that give you pause? Totally. <laughs> I mean, my kids are really young still, you know, my oldest is 10 and my youngest is two. And I think Part of it is just me knowing that I need something in my life. Like I need a corner that just belongs to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always have that. I didn't always know that I could have it. But I think once I started to carve out a little bit more time for my development, I can't go back. <laughs> like I have to maintain something that just belongs to me. And I think um, strangely, 
as hard as COVID has been, there's different elements of this year that has, have just made it possible. And one of those is, you know, we're in the States right now. So my husband's working from home. So he doesn't have the commute length, you know, that's attached onto his regular work hours. Um, so he's available as soon as he gets done and I can, we can kind of tag in, ta tag out. And, um, and he's in language training right now. So mm -hmm. for anyone that's, you know, familiar with that in the foreign service, the hours are a little bit more loose than the regular um, eight to six, eight to eight that, you know, he's putting in when we're overseas. So mm -hmm. I think all of those things combined and then just me kind of putting my foot down with myself, like I need something I just committed. And I think for me, I can find a way like that time goes somewhere anyway. So it's either going, I don't know, to something else or I'm just making time for it. And so it doesn't look pretty all the time. I mean, I put in late hours sometimes, but, or I'm up really early, but it, it really helps me because my brain is able to look at something other than like changing diapers and, mm -hmm. you know, getting lunch and dinner and breakfast on the table. Um, I like that you pointed out that you just like made that commitment because I think it's tempting or certainly for me that I'm like, oh, there's this program I want to take or I have a lot of friends who want to take a grad school course. Even my husband has been looking at um, a second like grad school course and he must have been, he's looking at it for the past 10 years and he has it in mind, but it's like, we're waiting for that perfect moment. Like at some point, I'll be at a post and the schedule will be right. And there will be this time window there. But I also think there's a component to just like committing to it and saying the time might not be there. I'm just going to make it work. Sometimes there will be late nights, but this is worth it to me, right? Because if we just wait until we have a nine month window with no move and everything settled and we're in between, you know, not having to set up and not having to take down and all the kids are in the right spot. I just think it's so often it's easy to push that by the wayside. And like you said, other things are getting done. Like maybe the house is clean or maybe the, the dishes aren't piling up in the sink as often, but then we can just choose. This has more value to me than have, than have I'll have piles in the sink for the next nine months or two years or. Yeah. So it is that like, it's getting to that point though, but it's hard for me at times where I look at a program I want to do or a course and to just remind myself, like I could make this work if I really decided it. And it's easy to look at it and just say, well, I can't do that for all of these reasons. And that's not available to me. Um, I was going to ask you, like, how did motherhood and moving affect like your purpose do you think that um do you think that you came to mindfulness and wanting to teach mindfulness because of your experience would you have gotten here otherwise like how did that steer you mm -hmm. yeah so I mean I feel like the first few posts that we had Mm -hmm. things that I did on the side for myself or my own development were very 
Like I could start and stop them really easily. Like our first post was the Philippines and I ended up making bread and selling it. Mm-hmm. And it was something that was really quick. It was unique to the Philippines because the bread options weren't awesome. And, you know, it was like a niche that I could fill. Um, but I had really little babies at the time. And if it didn't feel just right, then I could, you know, skip a week or whatever. Um, and then we moved to Ukraine and then that stopped because they had really good bread options. And so I kind of went more into my health and wellness background and did a few seminars for the embassy there on healthy eating on the go and staying organized and how that impacts our brains. But mindfulness didn't really come until our third post. And I don't think like the moving or even the lifestyle necessarily put me on this mindfulness course. It was mainly, um, you know, the experiences I had in Azerbaijan with postpartum depression after my fourth baby. And it was really, it started as a way for me to treat that depression. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that it's a part of my life and I'm learning so much about it, I realized that it's so much bigger than just what it started as like a treatment that, and you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there that mindfulness is just meditation, which it's not, that's a part of it, but you really, it's a way of life. And so I think the more I've realized that and tried to apply that it's become really cool like Mm -hmm. just a part of my life and that I'll definitely apply to maybe aspects of the moving all the time and just having this transient lifestyle but I think it came more from like personal experiences that could have happened anywhere you know Uh necessarily from like the transient nature of our lives awesome um what do you think about the difference so now that you've said that and how it like came from your personal experience, like did, do you just want to learn this for you or do you have a vision of like sharing this with the community? Because I think sometimes that, um, that comes into question. Like if, if I, if I spend this money on this program or I devote this time it can't just be for me. I think sometimes we're thinking like, well, something has to come of it. And then I have to lead groups or I have to, I did my yoga teacher training and I just wanted it for me because I was like interested in yoga. (laughs) But, you know, I think that can get into our brains where like it's selfish unless I have a productive business or I'm sharing this for the next five years or something. Do you have that plan in mind where are you on that scale yeah that's an interesting question because I think as I look around and see other women in the workplace and even friends there's that pull to just make it professional you know Mm -hmm. and get out there and serve and make this big and um, even profitable in some way but um I think it's both for me, I, and that's something that I love about mindfulness is that as I learn more and develop my skills as a mindfulness teacher, it's blessing my life, but it's also, you know, expanding the ways that I can help other people. And so, and it's using 
attitudes of mindfulness in order to like I'm applying the work as I'm teaching it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I have to live it in order to really be an impactful teacher. I, I, that's my personal belief, but, um, no, I, you know, because I went through the postpartum depression, I have a really soft spot in my heart for postpartum moms. Um, and so initially I thought that's who I want to work with is postpartum moms. It's such a, even if you don't suffer from anxiety and depression after that, it's, it can be a really challenging time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just needed someone to hold my hand and I got that. And so I'm still trying to figure out who exactly I want to work with, or if there's one specific population, or if it's just, I can take it and use it wherever we're living and whoever, you know, we're living by, whether it's embassy community or my kid's school. Um, but I was watching, um, call the midwife the other night and it was an episode on a lady with postpartum depression and I found myself just like bawling my <laughs> eyes out and it's been almost three years uh -huh. but there was just still that part of me that knew exactly what she was feeling and could relate to her and I remember saying to my husband like I still want to help those people and so I think it started there but it's just a journey, you know, to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's also kind of like how, like these hardships, these adversity situations that we all deal with, it's brilliant for me as an observer to see that like of that happening, you have created this place of like understanding the value and the like, emotion that comes with that and then growing that into like a creating a space of compassion for that or just like speaking about your experience to share that with other people and I think you know there are so many ways sort of like us creating this podcast came from us both having the experience of feeling like isolated and uncertain and like that sense of failure, like, what am I doing? Where is my life going? What is, how, how do I, you know, make this life of moving constantly work? And if we hadn't experienced that low challenging time, we wouldn't have the compassion to understand how, that we can hear other people in that space, right? And say, we can make it through that and create something where we're sharing that and discussing that and um yeah anyway thank you for sharing that experience because it, it is powerful and those are hard places that feel like how will I overcome this right like maybe I won't overcome this and where people are facing those dark thoughts and where do you go when you have that? And who can we talk to? And then just recognizing more and more that there are places to go, that there are like mindfulness teachers in the world. I don't think I, growing up, I certainly didn't know that there was someone who could teach me how to be more mindful. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how you know when you're in the adversity. Yeah, it's not like in that moment you'd ever think oh, I'm going to use this 
to this experience to help someone someday, or I'm going to eventually go into this and practice this professionally. And, but I think it's so common, right? Because it's like something that causes us to really search ourselves. And I think that whole exploration can lead to really authentic help, whatever that translates into because mm-hmm. we've lived it it's like I know you know you have the ability to look at someone and say I can see you and I can hear you and I can relate even if the circumstance isn't you know obviously it's never going to be the same but there's elements that are relatable exactly and it feels so different like finding purpose to me feels um so different as an adult than like asking my 18 year old self or now my 18 year old children, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, "Mm, I don't know, I guess I'll be like a counselor. Like what, what's your major in college? You know, you're studying engineering. So you're taking these classes and it didn't feel like this is my purpose. And I know there are people who grow up that way. And I had a great dear friend who in eighth grade knew she wanted to be a dentist (laughs) and she grew up in is now a dentist and um, she had that passion and vision. But for those of us who don't have that at age 18 to be, to know exactly what our purpose is and who we want to serve and what we want to create in the world and contribute as an adult, we can look and see like, what am I drawn to? What am I interested in? And we don't have to write it off and say, I can't have a career. I can't, I don't have the time to study this. I can't devote myself to my passion. Oh, I think you're frozen. Yeah. And I think this, oops. Okay. Now you're on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I think the lifestyle too, it just causes us to, or it's caused me to really think about who I am and who I want to be in each new place. And I think that when I'm reflecting that often, Mm -hmm. there's, it's a work, like it's an inner work where something's going to come of that. And so if it, like you were saying, it, it doesn't mean that we're doing the thing that we set out to do in our twenties. Like maybe we change every time we move or maybe we switch, you know, halfway through life and find I don't know, a new passion, but I like that idea that we can just change our minds and grab a hold on to, you know, anything at any point. Yeah. And who knows where it's going to lead, right? Like your interest in like nutrition, that was like a, you know, aspect of wellness. So maybe that you already had that like natural inclination towards like health and vitality and, you know, living your life like in a healthy way and that which this mindfulness is another component so it's like still continuation of that but I do like the vision too of like you can just switch paths I do feel like it's restrictive to think if I don't turn this into profitable work or make this commitment for the next 10 years then I'm not allowed to invest this time or invest this money or follow this passion because it's only worthwhile if I, if I, you know, establish some results as X, Y, and Z. Yeah. 
So I think sometimes we are like limited by that, but I love, it is true that we like get to reinvent ourselves a little bit, or at least examine what am I doing? (laughs) What purpose am I serving here? Um, So maybe we look at that more often than other people do. Uh, I think that's all I have for you. Do you have any other comments on finding your, your passion and your purpose? Um, I think what you just said, I really liked about, um, because I can resonate with it that, you know, my personal experience is that I have been on the theme of my career has stayed somewhat the same, Mm -hmm. like wellness and, um, but it's just that life's experiences have kind of expanded it for me. Yeah. So that had me thinking about because I've had this general theme of wellness, it's helpful for me to look back and kind of see how everything's connected together. And I think, you know, everyone's life and career development and personal development looks different. But for me, it's, I feel so grateful to look back and think, you know, in my 20s, I um, got a bachelor's in education. And I realized I didn't want to teach secondary school, like the high schoolers were going to eat me alive. And so I had a little bit of a limbo phase and didn't even know what I was doing, but I thought, hmm, I actually really like to go back to school. And so that led me to grad school and led me into the health and wellness field and working in corporate wellness. And that was so enriching and valuable at the time, but I definitely felt at that time that there were gaps in that work and in that space that I just, I didn't know how to fill them, but they felt not quite like 100% the best fit for me. And then, you know, we started having a family. And so I kind of took a break. And now that I'm, you know, kind of returning back to this theme of wellness and kind of developing myself professionally and fitting all the emotional and mental pieces together. It just, like I said, it just makes me feel like there's, it's great to see that all these things have been able to build on each other Mm -hmm. where maybe at the time they felt arbitrary or not the right step or a misstep. Like maybe I didn't really want to do this, but in the end they all fed the point where I'm at now. And without each of those steps, you know, something could be missing. And so I just, I don't know, I'm just grateful for that. Even at times it felt like, what am I doing? Or what, what am I supposed to be doing? Especially when I was um, a younger mom. Yeah. I think it all kind 